Hi there, everyone. Welcome to Ainsley's Gold and Silver Standard Insights. My name is Joe. This is where we discuss the morning's economic news. And of course, as always, we are joined by Chris Tipper. And joining Chris today is Josh Lang. Hello, gentlemen. Hey, Joe. All right, let's go straight to today's news. It was about the market surge because of the CPI uh, news. So, gentlemen, let's uh, fire away. Thanks, Joe. So, um, today's news article has sparked actually a lot of interesting discussion around the Ainsley office, um, which is part of the reason I actually really enjoy doing these or the process around putting together these insights videos because you get to have that sort of discussion. So, there's been some great debate about what comes next after the CPI data showed that potentially the inflation rate has peaked out. So we may be now peaked, and after that comes a heading back down. So on Monday, when I was talking in the Insights video, I referred to the bond market as the market of truth. Um, it's the best summary we have of what the entire market thinks on any given day. I said at the time it was pricing in around an 80% chance of a three-quarters of a percent interest rate rise um, happening in September, with the possibility that we're even going to get an emergency rate rise um, this month in August. So I said that I thought that was probably looking at a little bit too narrowly. Um, it wasn't really fully assessing the situation because it isn't straightforward. And, and I think people like to make that straightforward jump to inflation's high, so therefore the rate's going to rise. Um, with the rates rising at that fastest pace in history, you're lucky if you can predict where it's going to be a day from now or let alone a week or a month from now. So surely enough, after that new information that we received last night, the market has now dropped that probability from 80% all the way down to 30%. So the lesson in that is that we really need to um, realise we're in unprecedented times. So with so many variables that are impacting on the potential outcomes, we need to be really paying a lot of attention um, and we need to remain nimble in our thinking and sort of reactive to the data as it comes through. So if the data is showing that the peak is in um, then and the trend is down for US inflation, we, we really have to pay attention for a number of important reasons. Um, firstly, that deceleration was very sharp. Um, which has been driven by a significant drop in energy prices and other things that actually matter to the average person. So that doesn't mean that things are all good. I'm not saying that we, you know, we're out of the woods, but it does mean that they might stop getting a whole lot worse from here. Um, Josh, I think you were looking at some of that data. Do you have some points you'd like yeah, to Yeah, I, I, I found those commodity prices falling really interesting. Um, as you said, uh, we had uh, CPI at 8.5, which wasn't predicted, which also has a big impact on things at the moment. Um, but particularly we had, you know, oil, therefore fuel um, decreasing in price, which has helped this, this number come through. So uh, in the report, we saw energy prices, all that sort of come down and the, those risk on markets reacted overnight. But at the same time, we got to think about how costs actually are still uh, climbing at the moment and especially that they're climbing faster than wages at the moment. So that unpredictability at the moment is making it really hard for households to prepare and, you know, figure out how they're going to react to the market at the moment. And at the end of the day, I, I still think that big question remains of, is this the end of that inflationary uh, scare altogether? Or are we just in sort of, you know, a cooling off period before we, you know, go longer and harder into inflation, sort of, you know, like we saw in the late 60s to early 80s? Um, so to further on that question, does that mean we'll see the Fed continue to aggressively hike, even though inflation sort of 
you know, seems like it's come off again. Um, you got, you know, they might go, oh, things are under control, we can stop now. Um, if they do that, do we see inflation return again? Because people go, sweet, no worries, everything's nice and cheap now, let's go spending. Um, that would snowball our problem. We'll find ourselves back here again, but with a bigger mm -hmm. debt number all, all again. Um, but also they may continue hiking. Um, and at the end of the day, we still see that squeeze on the average person where, you know, instead of it now being heaps of fuel money they're spending, you know, spending it all on, now they're just going to see more money spent on their mortgage repayments. So kind of each way you look at it, the, person, the average person is going to get whacked. Um, so there's no easy path out of high inflation when household debt is this high as well, which I think is going to, you know, <laughs> play into the big puzzle. That's, that's a problem at the moment. I agree with you on there's no easy way out and it's not really clear to see what's going to happen. Um, I suppose I've, I've taken a little bit of a different angle um, or I'm trying to take a little bit of a different angle from the consensus uh, view and I've, I've looked at it a little bit to see that with that figure coming out that it could possibly lead to some positive momentum in expectations um that rates will continue moving down. So we might actually, it, I think everyone's really expecting the worst and I'm starting to wonder whether it maybe wouldn't be the worst, which is definitely not the consensus view at the moment. I think my problem is if the rapid rate of decline in inflation continues, um, we'll actually, we could see a quick recovery and we could get the holy grail. Like the policymakers always are seeking what they call a soft landing. Um, ultimately, that means that, you know, we we do everything works out, and, and we we end up back in a situation of growth and lower inflation, exactly where we want to be. So that that sort of holy grail of soft landing is possible, but it's very rarely achieved. Um, I think it would look like if it if it were to happen, it would look like the Fed pausing um, to then pivot and supply the market with new liquidity and falling interest rates, and that could be as as soon as three to six months from now. So. As recently as yesterday, most wouldn't have seen that as possible. Like you would have thought, well, that, that's not really possible. But the positive reaction from the markets, and, and with very positive reaction from the markets overnight, um, is showing, and, and some by some estimates, as high as a 25% probability that we do get um, that kind of positive outcome, that, that a soft landing is actually possible. So I think I, I, I dug a little bit more into this and, and thought a little bit more about it. And uh, to me, I, I think part of this reaction from the market has to do with the Fed removing forward guidance. Um, and we talked about that in the daily news at the time. So they said, we're not going to come out, we're not going to tell you what we think is going to happen going forward. And the new forward guidance then becomes the data print. So when you switch to being data dependent, which is what the, the Fed um, is said that they're doing, you sort of get rid of that relying on them to tell you when you rely on the data. So in many ways, if, if that's replacing the Fed conferences, um, then that's what we should be looking at. And it made, there was a comment in there um, in the news piece today from the Minneapolis Fed president um, that he said he wanted, I think it was interest rates need to be at 3.9% by the end of the year and 4.4% by the end of 2023. Like that's absolutely absurd to make a statement like that, in my opinion. Um, and you lose all credibility because they've been terribly wrong. Like they're, they're very, very bad in their long-term predictions of where um, rates will be in the past. So, you know, if we're turning to data dependent, it makes even less sense to be making statements like that uh, at the moment, um, in my opinion. So I think there's definitely a bit of jawboning going on there that, that, that the Fed's sort of gone, well, 
and he was a particularly dovish member of the Fed. He was someone who usually comes out, you know, preaching the opposite. They put him out there saying this, but I, I think the market looked past it, and no one's really giving that any credibility at all because, yeah, it, it really is quite absurd to have that um, that sort of statement coming out um, when when you're saying it's data dependent. So we, I think, we do have to factor in the possibility that there is there is that soft soft landing that is possible um, if. <laughs> If the Fed doesn't stuff it up if, here, yep. which is always a big if, um, the, the counter argument to that, like I, I do like to look at both sides of this, and the counter argument to that is what Julian was talking about. And Joe, if you could actually bring up, there was that little um, uh, tweet from from Julian Brigden uh, in the news today. Uh, he he was basically highlighting uh, what he was effectively saying was. Um, don't fight the Fed, okay? And this is a, an old adage that people have. If the Fed's, he's, he's basically saying, listen to what the Fed is saying. The Fed is telling you that they're going to continue raising rates, so therefore you need to listen to them. And that's from from people like that Fed president saying, you know, I'm expecting higher rates. My issue with that argument is the Fed themselves are are saying the opposite. Like I've like I've just highlighted, they're saying, don't listen to what we say. Um, listen to what the data says. So if you're listening to what the data says, we've now had two data points. We've actually had several data points, but the last two with the unemployment number looking quite good. Um, and now with the CPI number looking like it could be turning over. And I mean, I do have problems with, and I understand why people have problems with both of those figures. But now that you see that happening, you sort of do have to take into consideration the possibility that maybe the worst is is behind us and that we we are on that that upward tra trajectory so um i mean i'm, I'm not discounting I, in julian's case he's arguing that he's actually expecting a very deep recession um he's expecting you know as as you pointed out um in that chart on monday i think it was um josh with the where you're looking at the difference between um the 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 wages and the um Savings expenses well. and, and why yep. people were needing to turn to debt like all that is still there all that's still happening in the background um and ultimately like he uh, julian goes a step further and says this is actually going to impact house house prices that we're going to see falling um home sales and eventually that leads to profits and we see it in the share market through reduced corporate profits all that sort of stuff so I'm, I'm not discounting that any of that's there um i also have to acknowledge like one month of data doesn't make for a trend so <laughs> we need to see we need to see these the this data continue um along you know um, outperforming expectations i suppose to put that to put that bottom in um so that a lot of time is going to pass you know a lot of data is going to pass before we get to that september meeting as well to really have a, a, a strong opinion so um yeah i personally i'm probably leaning towards the side of of optimism um but i also take the last line of the news today which was beware the fake rally cover all bases mm -hmm. so you know you still need to allow for the possibility of those those negative impacts from very smart people who are, who are judging those well but there's it's there's definitely um, a lot to take on board from surprises to the upside, like the one we saw on Friday and like the one we saw today. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. Um, you know, we're still not out of the woods. Um, it's a good statistic that has come through. Currently, we've still got wages 3.3% short of inflation. So maybe we see inflation come back to 4% a year and just settle there. 
for a longer period of time. Um, and we do have wages growing quicker at the moment, which would certainly make things a lot better for people. Um, housing costs, maybe maybe they do come down as well, which could help. Um, but yeah, it's there's no certain path forward. And just looking at that last sentence in the news cover all bases, you can see why now's the time to just not have too much risk on the table, despite the market seeming to love going risk on overnight. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still, there's no certainty at the moment. I just showed it out um, of interest there. Sorry to interrupt. I just showed uh, while you guys were talking some of the um, charts. So I showed the gold chart, I uh, showed the Google chart, I showed the Bitcoin chart as well. So how some of the markets had been rising uh, during the last 24 hours. Mm. And, and they were big mm. moves. Like they were huge, certainly noticeable um, mm. moves. And I suppose that if summarizing, I, I, I do take that. I'm, I, Personally, I'm on that optimistic side, but I also have this little voice in the back of my head saying that um, the Fed has a very long track record of crash landing the economy, even when they're handed a situation like this that is potentially a golden opportunity to get it right, to get that, you know, as I called it before, the the holy grail, um, the, the soft landing. So they have that opportunity here, but they just love to push it too far. So, you know, we, um, we may not get that. So I'd still want to be um, protecting myself and my assets in this environment because we don't know. Um, but, it, yeah, the, the data, there's a lot we've got to keep paying attention to because different opinion yesterday, it can change today <laughs> with with one bit of data that says, oh, okay, maybe maybe things have changed. Yep. What I thought was um, interesting as well is I saw a lot of um, forecasts for about, I think I saw 8.7% people were predicting um, for that mm-hmm. inflation figure and we got 85 so below which just is what injects all this volatility in the market right now. As soon as there's no certainty, you see it come in lower, everyone's happy and bang, off goes those, those Yeah, it's more markets. to do with the uncertainty than the actual number itself. Because So much volatility. I mean, regardless, 8.5% yeah. is not a good number. No one's arguing that. No. But, um, but it was it's a less. Number. But it was less. <laughs> and and, 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 and going back to that meme, which was just a great meme, I thought right here, which uh, we posted on the news, March CPI, 8.5%. Err. July CPI, 8.5%. Woohoo! It's great. Yeah. Crazy, man. <laughs> Just crazy. Uh, so actually, I, I did share that screen, didn't I? Oh, did I share that screen? Oh, I didn't. I didn't share the screen. There we go. Now you share the screen and now everyone will see it. There we go. Now everyone knows what I'm actually talking about right here. So the March CPI meme right there. So check that out on the news at uh, ainsleybullion.com.au slash news, I believe it is, this little uh, tablet right here. So, gentlemen, if that's uh, it for the summary of the news, we can get to the question time. Are you ready? Sure. Excellent. So as we actually, we'll share that screen one more time uh, because if you have a question and I'm talking to the viewers right now, if you have a question on the morning's news, so for example, we posted this uh, this morning around about your 9, 10 a.m. sort of time. If you have a question based on reading that, then you send us an email or you can uh, jump, uh, find us on Discord as well, but we'll show you this one. You send an email to insights at goldsilverstandard.com. You've got to make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel, the one that you're watching this video through uh, to be notified when this video or these videos come out. You can also head over to Discord uh, channel if you're familiar with that i'll put a link below to that and if you're familiar with discord uh, just pop in there and you can ask a question through there as well now we didn't have a uh this so much uh this news related question but we did have a question come through um and that was from San, uh where it, sandy m 
Sandy M uh, sent this question through and she asks, it's more of a general sort of, I guess, personal interest kind of question. And let me get rid of that, uh, which was uh, obviously Sandy knows that uh, uh, Ainsley Bullion sells bullion, et cetera. So probably assumes that we are personally invested uh, in the physical precious metals ourselves, bars and coins and whatnot. Uh, and she asked a very interesting question, which was, out of your collection, what is the last thing that you would sell? What's the last thing that would go? So is there a particular, she's asking, is there a particular uh, collectible, a coin, a bar, the first thing that you bought mm. or some really special thing that you're like, you know, I'm out of the market at a certain price. I'm selling everything else, but this one thing I'm, I'm keeping is the last thing to go. I'm just trying to think all the, all the stuff I have. I have some old coins, I think, from from you, Chris, back in the day, but I can't remember <laughs> if I had a one kilo silver dragon uh, that I got as a gift, which uh, to be honest, I, went, oh, I don't think I'll ever sell that one. Now, is that the 2012 or the 2001? It's 2012. Okay, that's, a, that's still, still good. Really still good. Yep. <clears throat> yep. That's still, that's a, that was a very, very popular year. Yeah. It's a great coin that mm. uh, series two design. What about you, Chris? Mm, I love it. Um, well, I try, I try not to get too attached to any of my bullion because um, it makes it really hard <laughs> to get rid of it. I do have, I yeah, do have the one ounce gold, which was my initial buy. And it was actually here at Ainsley um, that my first many years ago um, came to buy some gold and I bought my my one ounce gold and at that time um, the the salesman at the time um, talked me into said you really got to go look at silver as well and I knew nothing about silver so that that was really the start of my my journey but I do I made sure I kept that that single one ounce I, my um, bullion has gone up and down it's just a normal old bullion Ainsley bullion bar it's not okay. you know no no special year, no any of that. But um, yeah, I came in to buy that one just to. I'm like, okay, I'd done a little bit of reading. Thought gold was a good idea, but um, the yeah, tr I haven't really attached to too much of the others. I try very hard not to, even though some <laughs> it's of them are so beautiful. Hard. It's so hard. Um, it was very hard uh, selling my some some of my stackers because yeah. they just look great. Mm. But um, yeah, that 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 bar I'll have to keep because that that really started the whole journey. Very cool. Well, I'm going to put my two cents in here. I've been stacking since 2010, so I've got you know a, a lot of different things. Um, unfortunately, I had to sell my very first two purchases ever, which were an Engelhard 100-ounce uh, bar and a Johnson Matthey 100-ounce silver bar. Uh, and I bought those from overseas and I got hit with the GST, like the, the, the newbie you know mistakes that you all make. But I sold those. But the one thing I'll, I don't think I can ever sell is a number of years ago, I bought a silver bullet, silver shield, standing freedom coin. It was one of the special collector sort of ones with the, the, the proof version ones. And, oh, the reason I, nice. and the reason I won't sell it is be, because it has the serial number. So it's, again, it's called standing freedom. So it's a picture of, um, it's kind of like, you know, your lady liberty, but, you know, a version of that. And the serial number, 1776. Oh, wow. That's pretty special. Uh, Come on. America. That is America. <laughs> so I thought that was really cool. So that is absolutely the last uh, thing to go uh, for me. So that was from Sandy M. And, and that was a really cool question. And we we love these kind of questions as well. We like the serious stuff, but we also like the lighthearted stuff too. So if um, you do have questions which are based on the news or even these more, you know, random, you know, lighthearted or even sort of your 
general how to stack or bars versus coins or anything that kind of i just i've just asked i just will answer that question next week um head over to and i'll share the screen again uh, insights at goldsilverstandard.com so make sure you check out uh the news next week as well and any questions based on the news send an email in and we will do our best to answer your questions any final thoughts before we wrap up gentlemen i just wanted to say um anyone who's wanted to have a chat jump into our discord um we spend a lot of time here talking about stuff like we did today and yeah more than happy to continue it over in there fantastic chris yeah and it, it probably following up from josh's one it uh, i say it as a learning journey like it really is um i know my opinions change as the data changes as the news changes as the mm. um, discussion changes so the more discussion and the more um, opinions i can factor into that the better so yeah really appreciate people who who take the time to have that discussion or ask questions really valuable. absolutely mm. yep we we open it up to invite questions from anyone so uh that's it for gss insights for today thanks chris thanks josh and uh, we'll see you Bye. next week and as always as we say at the end balance your wealth in an unbalanced world we'll see you next time Thank <laughs> you.